Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. It is a tape review Tuesday as we record. Uh, Many of you hearing this on Wednesday. And Logan, we're reviewing the tape from Sunday, specifically the passing tape. We'll get to the defense in a little bit. But when you look at this game now with the context of the All-22, having seen what Jacoby faced versus what Sam faced, how the two quarterbacks performed, the offensive lines in front of those quarterbacks, which were different O-lines, by the way, yeah. um, you know, with Nick Gates coming in and, and Cornelius Lucas coming in around the same time that Jacoby was subbed in for varying reasons, do you have any any more distinctive thoughts on how things went on Sunday and trying to make sense of the two performances? Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously in the post game we were kind of like, oh, no, what does this mean? Like, is Jacoby really good? And I, and I think, like, it, you know, to give credit to Jacoby, I think he did some really good stuff. I think um, it shows, like, his level of experience. It shows his confidence in the offense. It shows he's played a lot of football. And I think that's something that stood out to me is like he, he was getting like a lot of one lurk. So like man coverage where it's like a two safety look and they're going to rotate one in the middle of the field. And the other guy's kind of robbing the three by one coming across and Jacoby and or it could have been six, you know, like six where it's like a quarters player and he's matching the third side yeah. or the three receiver side. But Jacoby is just like, oh, like I know this coverage. I'm going to like look this guy over here. He's going to delay and I'm going to throw two touchdowns to Terry. So, like, I think just understanding the coverage, staying in the pocket, being patient in the pocket was just a huge benefit for Jacoby. Now, I do think it's important to note that while Jacoby was very patient, I thought Sam uh, did some good things as well. It just I think it's so hard to compare the two of them because one dude has played a lot of football, has been mentored by some of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. And you see how, and you see his process, right? He holds the football a long time. Jacoby holds the football a long time, but he's holding it for a reason. Like he's holding it to kind of develop Mm. stuff. And there's times where I see Sam holding the football and I'm like, he doesn't see it or he doesn't feel it or he's feeling the rush too much. And I think it's so hard for me to be hypercritical of that guy 
because he does good. He there's other aspects that are excellent, but it's also like he's new, you know, and like he doesn't have the foundation of football knowledge and football experience that Jacoby does. So, um, you know, it's kind of the same comparison we were running into during training camp where it's like Jacoby understands the protection a little bit better. He understands where the ball should go in the context of the coverage a little bit better. But Sam's upside's probably a little bit higher. And I still, after watching this game, feel that way. It's just Sam's got to learn and grow um, in a way that Jacoby's already done. Like, what is this for Jacoby? This is year like eight for him, nine, something like yeah, that. Something He's like been, that. Around, been around the yeah. block, man. And, um, you know, I can speak from experience. The, the longer I was in the league, the, the mental stuff became way easier. The physical stuff got harder for me, but the mental stuff gets way easier. And I definitely, in watching it, felt that way with, with Jacoby. And I think in addition to some of the nuanced stuff he's doing with his head movement, his eye movement, his pocket presence, I also think he understood kind of, hey, man, we're getting man coverage. Like, I can throw this out. And this is NFL open, this out to Jahan, this comeback in the slot to um, Curtis. Because I think uh, Sam had a couple opportunities to do something similar. Now, the pocket was a little bit different. Um, but I, I think um, you see kind of just the difference in understanding of what NFL defenses present. Yeah, and I think like to kind of set the the ground rules almost here. Like I think I think we can talk about this stuff without it being critical, right? And like right. this is there's like a cold hard evaluation of like a scouting process that kind of I think is the most interesting thing here of like okay, well, what is it without I don't want to say without context, but without like the emotional pull of all of it, which is hard because we're all fans sure. as well. And, you know, we want to, we're always doing the, we're, we're fans, but we're also pundits. Like we're projecting at all times. Like, what does it mean for like, what would this season have looked like if Jacoby was the quarterback? What does this mean for Sam moving forward? Do they need to draft a Like we're doing all that stuff. But what I think is, is really insightful and in making those opinions, not stupid is like, what is it? right now and like what are the things that sam did sunday or didn't do and then putting them in the context of the season and his trajectory because i want i logan i don't ever really plan rants on the radio sometimes sure. they just happen like there's sometimes when i'm legitimately upset about something you know when, when yeah. monumental moves the wizards out of dc like that was real anger where I'm like, this is ridiculous. And obviously I, I know at that point, I'm probably going to go on something that will be classified by the people who type it up and put it on the internet as a rant. But I kind of found myself mid rant yesterday uh, uh, during first and 10 talking about how they're handling everything this season from the offensive side. And it wasn't like, I, I, there is some blame. I don't really know where it goes because there's so many different factors that go into it. But the point was, like this, this plan for Sam Howell was terrible. And it wasn't, and the, the reason I use the word terrible is I would either want something that really helps develop develop and incubate a quarterback or something that's going to win me games. And I feel like the way that they've called this season and the way that they've organized this season is not really accomplishing either. And I think that it took a, a long time for people to kind of get on board with the, hey, this isn't an optimal way to develop a quarterback side of that, where you you kind of put so much on his plate and the thought, and Ron said this, this isn't me like making assumptions, like Ron talked about this, is like, we're passing the ball more than maybe we otherwise might, because we think that Sam seeing this stuff is going to pay off in the long term, and that eventually he's going to turn a corner. And I think what we've seen, and this is kind of where I'm leading to the question, like after watching the tape, is I feel like when you watch the game on TV, 
and you watch how this has played out the last couple of weeks, it feels like that has not been the case, that it's actually overwhelmed him. And, and it's like trying to ask a kid to learn how to ride a bike without training wheels, and that all the kid's gonna do is fall. He's not actually learning anything, he's just gonna fall. And I feel like that culminated, like that point culminated, I guess it could get worse, so maybe there's more, more peak or valley, if you will, to come, but it culminated on Sunday where it just felt like nothing was on schedule, nothing was in rhythm. He doesn't see the stuff. It, it feels like he's going through some motions that he knows he's supposed to do, but then you see Brissett go through some of the same stuff, holding the ball for a purpose, moving it, defenders with his eyes, some of that stuff that we wanted to see Sam have, and and we see how it can work, and that this actually hasn't been a good thing for Sam. I know there's a lot there, but when we talk about like the the development and kind of that idea of of Sam learning to ride a bike without training wheels, like do you see some of that falling, if you will, on Sunday? I mean, that's a good question. Um, and it's and it's hard to say like definitively yes or no. Uh, like so uh, like let's just go to the film. And I think like the film is something that I always kind of go back to. And I think like there's the the first uh, the second first and ten of the game, so it's the second drive. Like they're running what I would call like double arrow. So it's a three by one backs offset to the three by one, three by one to the right. They're running like two sit routes in a corner. Okay. And then they're going to put the back in the flat to that same side. And so what you're doing there is like if it's cover two, like that's those two sits are going to hold the underneath coverage. You're going to get that corner running on the, on the, on the, the half safety and you're right. going to have a nice big window to throw that corner. And, um, and so what the defense is presenting in that is that it looks like a two shell. It looks like a cover two look. And I think Sam is like, okay, like I'm going to throw this. This is what the concept's in for. We're going to hit this concept. It's going to be great. And it's even pretty good versus cover three, right? Because, you you know, if it's cover three, you kind of match all those underneath players with the sits and you hit the ball, the, the back to the flat. And it looks like cover two. They kind of stem out of it. It ends up being more of like a kind of like a like a single high kind of matchy weird thing right it doesn't look good they bring a, a simulated pressure so basically stuff that we've been seeing all season or the team's been seeing all season and sam gets the ball out really quick to the back and the flat great like if you're just looking at that concept got pressure get it to your hot read ends up almost being a first down great 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 the problem is i think like with him and you mentioned like the training wheels, for example, is mm -hmm. on the back side of this concept. And John Kime pointed this out to me. So shout out John Kime is Terry wins a one on one. And because of how the coverage is working, it, you know, it starts in this two shell look, but the backside safety is matching the four receiver side, essentially leaving that backside corner who's on Terry, like on an island in a one on one situation. OK, mm -hmm. so so obviously you want to alert Terry in this situation if it is true one on one. The problem is, and this is where like the training wheels and the experience come into play, right? Is I don't think Sam even recognizes that it's not cover two until the ball is snapped, right? And so take that play and you miss this explosive play opportunity to Terry because Terry wins. He's got like three yards of separation. The ball should go there. So I think about it as a coach. Like if I was coaching this, like I want Sam to work the front side concept, which is like double sit or double, double spot, we'll call it for just, you know, vernacular purposes. And he does the right thing. He gets pressure, gets the ball out. And so then I was thinking, like, how would you coach that? Because you don't want to miss this opportunity to Terry, right? And so you say, you know, hey, man, just remember, if you see this coverage, if you see this backside safety doing this, I want to alert Terry on this. And so I'm sure after this play, they alert him to that. And then later in the game, it's this, it's a very similar structure. It's three by one. That's to the left this time. Terry's to the right. 
and they look it looks like cover one. So I'm sure Sam's like, okay, well, I'm gonna throw it to Terry now. And they stem to cover two, and he almost throws a pick, right? That's so, the one that the one defender knocks it out uh, of the other of, defender's hands, yeah. right? And so, like to me, that that's tough sledding, man. Against against defenses now, and again, like everyone's talking about the defensive resurgence and how defense is fighting back. To me, it's not even the defense is fighting back. You're just getting players who haven't seen as much coverage structure playing more football. Like more young quarterbacks are playing than ever before, and this is one of the byproducts. Because Jacoby gets out there, and now I, I will say the motivation for the Rams when Jacoby was in was completely different. They're like trying to preserve the win. It's almost, it's a little bit like, um, it's a little bit conservative. Like Aaron Donald's not in. They're you know their foot's off the gas. But Jacoby's yeah. like, I know the coverage, and I'm gonna dice your ass, and that's what he does. And I think when if Sam can identify the coverage, he'd be okay. But if you look at the sequence of plays, he's getting. Something that looks like cover six, something that looks like lurk, something that looks like two, something that looks like man. And you can tell he's a little bit unsure. And then you couple that with some opportunities. Like the next play after that, or the, and maybe not the directly next play, but one of the next plays in the sequence, next pass play, for example, they run a play action pass and they're running a dig. And Terry is wide open on the dig, but Sam is a little bit antsy in the pocket, vacates the pocket, and he does run for a first down. But I'm also like, Throw this ball, man. This is a good pocket. It's a clean pocket. It's drop eight. There's only three guys rushing. Take a beat and throw this football. And I think, you know, someone said, is he a little bit skittish because he's been hit so much? And to me, that's an example of maybe being a little bit skittish, not understanding the situation. It's drop eight. You don't need to be in a hurry here. See your throw. Understand the space. The space is open. The play action pass worked. There's guys all near the line of scrimmage. Throw this football. And so... I think that's the kind of stuff when you look at Sam in this game that he has not been good at this year, really. And they've been able to insulate a little bit, you know, through concept, through scheme, kind of, um, I think, back to earlier in the season when teams weren't matching matching these concepts so well and dudes are definitively open. Now yeah. I've got to be a little bit, I got to play better above the neck a little bit and I got to be a little bit smarter. Like there was another play where they're running sale. And so sale is like an inside stem to a corner so it makes it look like you're running like a go basically and you're going to stem out to the corner outside guys got to go and then you're going to run a bubble to the same side it's a little bit money they're in like a six uh like a cover six so quarters to the uh to the left of the formation and then cover two to the right of the formation and to the cover two side the corner plays like a carry technique so he gets some depth so he's kind of clouding the corner window but mm -hmm. also if you understand the coverage you could deliver a dot there, I think, in between the two coverage players, especially if Curtis gets friendly to the football. So there's one where it's like you have the ability to make this throw. The window's a little bit tighter than you want, but you still can make this play. And also, like, just being on the same page with the receiver, because you see Travis Kelsey run this play. I went back and watched some uh, some uh, Kansas City film this week, too, because mm -hmm. the, the Jets played them earlier in the year, so kind of getting the Jets prep going. Yeah, And Though that play where Travis Kelsey sees that carry to corner and then comes flat is a completed pass, you know, and that's again the experience of the receiver, that's the experience of the quarterback. But to me, like that's what you're starting to see now is teams kind of figured out what you're doing. They're playing more cut, more, um, more comprehensive coverage structures. Sam yeah. has to identify those. He has to make tougher throws. He's got to be more patient in the pocket, and all of those things are things that that young quarterbacks have a hard time with. And I think that's what you're seeing from him. So in terms of regression, is it Sam or is it just the D like the, 
the defense kind of saying, okay, like we're better at matching what you're presenting. Right. So if it's regression, it's actually stagnation. And in, in like, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards kind of right. mentality, right? right? Like if he's not really growing and this is kind of my, my training wheels thing is like, how do you get him off the training wheels to the point where at least you're holding the bike and you're like, Hey, you're doing it. You're doing it as your hands lightly on right. the, the, the bike. So your kid doesn't fall over. And then eventually you, you get him on a, you know, uh, a, a real bike and trust him to, to go out there and, and, drive around the cul-de-sac or, or whatever kids do biking these days, depending on well, where you live. Um, I mean, well, like, to that point, like yeah. uh, just real quick, it's something because like, again, when I went and watched Kansas city, like I was like expecting to see something that was very analogous to what the team's been running here. And, you know, cause we talk about training wheels right. and I see an offense that is presenting different formations is presenting different uh, kind of run concepts, r way more RPO kind of things to D like deleverage Patrick Mahomes. And again, Patrick Mahomes elevates concept. Travis Kelsey of elevates course. concepts. Like watching those guys is crazy the way they work together. But I also think there's an element of that too. It's like you've got this guy like just out there, like just leveraged as far as possible. And that I right. think is also something that I look at. I'm like, man, this this doesn't seem like the the best, like to your point, the best way to to maximize his development, you know. So Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Right. And so like that's I'm glad you brought that up because I had an interaction. I think it was a YouTube comment. It might have been someone on Twitter yesterday where they were like, you can't unleverage the quarterback, basically, where it was like, you know, every core, every system is quarterback centric. Like you eventually have to play NFL quarterback. And I was like, yes, but there are ways to make it easier. And I, of course, used a Kyle example because I think it's the best one in the league right now is like, how do you take the guy who was Mr. Irrelevant and make him into an MVP candidate? And the answer is not like he doesn't actually do anything. It's Kyle understands that Brock Purdy is extremely smart. And that's why he wanted him, by the way, in the draft. It wasn't an accident they drafted him. And so they put a ton on him mentally. Lots of formations, lots of motions. There's all these different personnel groupings. It's like, hey, man, you're going to have to study your ass off. But after the ball snapped, it's going to be easy for you. Because we're going to use all this stuff to make it easier physically even though there is a ton to do mentally and i feel like that's the 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 area where this system and the way it's designed and by the way there's also personnel discussions to be had here in terms of it you know the way that the eagles have made things easier for jalen hurts over the last couple of years is their offensive line is incredible so he doesn't necessarily have to worry about pressure ever right mm -hmm. so there's different ways to go about it 
but for the the play calling like schematic type of stuff they have simplified this offense to the point that it is over simple it's like that's actually not training wheels it actually is harder where it's like Aaron Rodgers could run this system because he sees through everything. Right. Rodgers notoriously just doesn't want a lot of motion, doesn't want a lot of stuff. He's like, let's line up and play football because I'm better at playing football than they are. Right. And at this point in his career, Sam Howell can't say that. And most quarterbacks can never say that. So do you actually give him more in order to make it easier on him? That is that is the kind of the question that I've had all year and they have not ever been able to take that next step and thus sam is kind of staying where he's at and the production is falling off because defenses seemingly have known that for weeks yeah and so i think san fran is like an interesting example because i think there is some truth to what you're saying but also brock purdy's playing pretty good football right now yeah, like Brock's he's playing he, great football it's like he's elevating you know i think 70 percent of the time kyle's elevating and then that 30 percent he's elevating mm-hmm. but i think another example like to your point, I think that's a good example, but it, there's yeah. I, I can Detroit hear people, to me is my favorite example because Detroit, is, yeah. Seattle is doing that. Cleveland with Joe Flacco, like there are teams, and when you watch those games, like what they do in terms of deleveraging, right? Like the term game manager, I think is thrown out like in a negative way, but I think it, it speaks to what you're what what this comment you're saying is you got to play NFL quarterback at some point. I don't have to play quarter NFL quarterback all the time. Like when I think about hard situations for quarterbacks. It's like, we're in the gun, it's third and seven, I got a deal. How do I manage those situations to make them easier? And so like you mentioned the Kyle example, like I think about how they scheme stuff open and how they use play action pass to help guys out. So just as an example, right? Hard play action, right? We talked, I mean, we talked about this and I think EB did this in the game, like there's examples of this, but like, let's talk about that. Hard play action pass look, right? Those linebackers step up, there's a big void there. But how do we ensure that the corner's not going to get in the way, right? We're going to run Debo Samuel on a go, and he's going to carry. And then George Kittle's going to run across the formation and be wide open with nobody around him. How many times have we watched a highlight of George just wide right. open in space? It's right. because like, they, he's George Kittle. Don't you know that he's important? Cover right. him, but you it's can't be, because you're covering everybody else. It's because they've taken time and they've schemed stuff up, and they, and Brock Purdy knows it. He feels comfortable with it. And so, for example, like on that dig to Terry. That's a good that's a good schemed up touch there. Like that should be an easy completion for Terry. But Sam, and this is something that um someone I was talking to mentioned to me and this is something you have to talk to Sam about is you mentioned that he has not been super efficient from a play action pass standpoint and one of the things I wonder about is how well he can see it from a play action pass mm-hmm. standpoint. So like it, the throws open, it's there. The window that EB has created with the pen is there. It's just there's a little bit of pressure. He gets a little bit spooked and the ball's not out. So even though with the pen you've elevated, you seemingly elevated, the result isn't there. And so getting back to the leverage thing, it's like how do you find opportunities to to to, to just limit those big-time moments in the game? Like I think Seattle does a great job because they're super efficient at running the football, right? They right. put a lot of tight ends on the field. They're physical. It's, it's like this exotic smash-mouth smash thing that Detroit does where they've – they're motioning tight ends around. They're moving guys around the formation. They're changing strength all the time. And they're putting defense in a blender, and they're really efficient running the football. Like, they've deleveraged Drew Locke. They've deleveraged Geno Smith through that element of the game. It doesn't need to be through the run game, but it is a feature of it, right? I look at look at Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams. Like, they rushed for, you know, what was it, 125 yards or something like that? It was more than that, yeah. And what they do, man, it's brilliant. It's just like, 
But th- those little wrinkles in the run game deleverage Matthew Stafford. Like Matthew Stafford can deal. There's no doubt about it. But he doesn't need to deal every single play because I don't want to put all my eggs in the quarterback basket. And so even though even though Matthew Stafford's playing some of the best football in the NFL at the quarterback position right now, they under, Sean McVay understands that, hey, we got to take something off of him. And it's not just off of him. It's off the offensive line as well. So I think that's kind of like what we're alluding to here is just right. there are ways to say to, to, to put him in a better spot. You know, like I, I like the example you gave, like where he's riding the bike himself, right? But you're right there with him holding the seat. I think that's exactly what you're saying. The training wheels aren't on because we want to run NFL offense. We want to do what we need to do. But I am helping you as much as you need to make sure this thing stays upright and we're going in the right direction. Right. And so, but there also does get to a point um, in defense of Eric um, and in, you know, if you want to call it criticism of Sam, we're like, eventually you got to do it. Right. And this yeah. is where, um, and it might not be even a criticism of Sam. Like, I mean, this is Tavita Pritchard's first time as an NFL quarterbacks coach. Like who knows what kind of, how, how the process has gone. Like I'm just naming names to say like, we don't know where the, the blame actually goes. Right. But from a, from a, like identifying the process standpoint, watching the film standpoint, like, why aren't Sam's eyes going to that backside safety to double check that he doesn't need to throw the the go to Terry before getting to the front side concept? Did Sam forget that that's what he's supposed to do because he's focused on the front side concept? Did they teach him like, hey, man, just focus on this front side concept. It's too like we don't want to cloud your brain with that backside safety and you miss an opportunity because that's the way it's coached. Are they not focusing enough on like how he moves his eyes? Like, did, what like whatever the just Sam not have like that global understanding that like. Hey, I have to check this first, or did he just miss it? Like, there's up like almost an infinite amount of possibilities of why this stuff is happening, but I, I think it's very clear that that there isn't that like really high level understanding, and there's been, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. There's just like a lack of cohesion. I think is the best way to phrase it between Sam and this offense, which is not to blame Sam or the offense. It's just a fact. Like, they haven't fit together very well. I think part of that, too, is going back to some of the things that he really needed to work on coming into the season, footwork and timing. This is a footwork and timing offense. And you've got a quarterback who, like, I watch him take the snap sometimes, and he kind of, like, freezes, and then he rushes the drop back. And you're like, that's not how that is supposed to look. And you watch Jacoby take his drop backs, and it's like, smoothly catch the snap boom 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 back foot hits ball is out or hitch ball is out but like there is a rhythm to his eyes and his feet and every and the offense and everything is married together and i don't see that cohesion uh to use that word again with sam and the why is i mean it's important for them to know i just think it's kind of impossible for us to know unless you have uh Unless you've actually unlocked the answers, and I, now I've just rambled far too long. <laughs> no. uh, you've been sitting here with the knowledge the whole time. No, no, no. I think, but I do think that that you mentioned the rhythm and timing. Like that's a big part of it, and that's really hard to coach because it's like a, it's like a feel, you know. And and I think in the NFL that rhythm and timing becomes so much more important because everything, like you said, is kind of operating in such like the margin for error is so small. So if my feet are too fast. And I'm waiting to throw, then my clock goes off, and the receiver's not even in a, in a point in a position where he can catch the football. If I'm too slow, the receiver's open, and I'm still holding on to the football. And then I think, you know, when you watch Jacoby, just the rhythm that he, like you, you mentioned, the rhythm. I'm in my drop, there's a rhythm. I'm kind of, I've hitched in the same rhythm as the receiver's coming out, right? And it wasn't like Jacoby was perfect. There was one time where he was trying to like work uh, an attack concept 
and the tight ends over the over the ball, and he's trying to hold the hook player by looking at Curtis, and the hook and the hook player squeezes to Logan, it's not there, and he kind of double clutches to Logan, but gets back to Curtis. Like that's the O line wins that down for him, you know, because it's mm-hmm. even though his rhythm and timing was off. So I'm not saying like Jacoby was perfect, but sure, that's something that you can tell at the moment. Sam's having a hard time with, and I think the thing that's hard to like in the evaluation of Sam, because that's really what this conversation's about, is there are some things he's struggling with. There are some things all young quarterbacks struggle with. The thing that still gets me excited about Sam is his playmaking ability. Like we just mm-hmm. mentioned that he misses the dig, um, you know, with to Terry, but he scrambles for a first down. So even though that's a bad play, like it's like kind of a minus, like he was able to elevate that and keep the offense on the field, right? There's that, there's the third and 15 where he scrambles for 12 or 13 yards and gets you to a fourth and two, Right. We talked about the mesh concept where, you know, the back's running wide open. And I'm, I'm as a coach, I'm a little frustrated with that because of how I've yeah, set the, that the fourth play. down that he winds up scrambling converts to Terry. Jonathan Williams is buck naked open, just and, so open for a touchdown on a wheel route. But he makes a ridiculous play to Terry to convert a fourth down. How mad can you be? Yeah. And so I think like what I would say is if I'm coaching this, I'm like, good job making the play. But just remember in this look with the back offset to your right and 53 in the a gap and they're in man coverage here because you can tell it's man coverage he has to cover him he has to cover him so when he doesn't leave with the back i'm alerting that in my mind right because that's the person that's going to match him and so he's trying to hold the disguise they don't get it communicated it's essentially a coverage bus right because as that linebacker is trying to late get to match the back he gets picked by logan thomas he gets picked by curtis samuel and he's wide open so as a coach i'm saying hey man Great job making this play, but I think you made it a little too hard on yourself. Just pre-snap, like what's your pre-snap read? And I and I, I think this is something that's really hard. The pre-snap stuff now in the NFL is harder than ever. Like, you know, even in me talking about the coverages, I'm like, looks like six, could be man, yeah. maybe a you match. You sent me your notes. There's a lot of question marks on the yeah. coverage. And that's what like, happens with zone match. And yeah. like Raheem Morris is one of the best guys in the league at, at coaching this stuff up, the Rams defensive coordinator. And it looks messy because it starts as one thing and kind of morphs into something else it's really hard which makes the rules of like if it's six throw here if it's three throw here you don't know what it is and that you know uh, i would again and anybody who's newer to the podcast if you want to hear more about this go back to the summer in our archive and uh, or just search the the matt ryan podcast because matt talked about this of how hard it became by the end of his career to read coverage and you kind of had to start reading space and there were times right. that he made great plays having no idea what coverage you just threw into yeah and i think that's the thing that that gets me is like can you ensure the space as a coordinator right to help him out right i think that's what we're ultimately getting at is can you help yeah. him with that process as opposed to just being like hey man we're gonna pre-snap read this and you're gonna have to figure it out um but i, I and so there so back to the sam thing there are those plays that the touchdown i think is is a great play design you know the one to it's is it to curtis it's uh curtis yeah yeah it's a great play design it's it's curl you know so you're gonna run out you're gonna run like a curl route everyone knows a curl button hook maybe some people call it 12 yeah. yards sit the cover three player is going to attach to that you're going to inside stem and you're going to run a deep corner and you're running a corner on a on a safety and it's wide open, and I and I love that play. It's it's a great play call, great situation, great understanding by EB. But talk about ensuring space. Like the se- it's an easy read. Like second that guy attaches to the to the to the button hook to the curl, I'm gonna throw. I know I'm throwing the pylon. Like there's nobody out there to cover it. So I just love that opportunity. And again, Sam does that stuff pretty consistently. But there were times definitely where you're like, he doesn't know the coverage. 
he's a little bit rattled. He's leaving clean pockets. Like, and that's the thing that you're dealing with because I do think you see the potential. And I think, you know, we always make the Jalen Hurts comparison. There were times watching Jalen Hurts where I thought this is a non-tenable solution. It's a non-tenable solution for him playing NFL quarterback. He's throwing three picks. Nothing's on schedule. He's running into sacks. But he got better. And I think you've seen enough of Sam being Sam in terms of arm talent. Because like his arm talent, in my opinion, is way better than Jalen Hurts. His release is way better. And you've seen the competitive moxie that he brings. So, you know, year two development. And so that's where like everyone talks about, oh, do we need to draft a quarterback? Do we need to make a move for agency? I think you're probably okay. This game doesn't after watching the all 22 doesn't get me off of him just yet. I think there's enough yeah. there, but I think it's, it's kind of to your point. It's like, how do you, how does he needs a much more quarterback friendly system and environment, right? It's not just a system. It's not just a coordinator thing. It's like he needs an elite offensive line. He probably needs a great tight end to throw to like those things yeah. helped Jalen as much as anything. Well, I think, you know, even looking at Drew Locke, like watch that game last night and like in the crunch time, it's like, I've got guys that are better than your guys and we're going to win. Like DK Metcalf's going to make a great play here. And I, you know, we got uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba making a huge play, winning a man to man situation. And I think Terry has that ability. I think Jahan's that, had that ability, but you know, maximizing those guys in this offense is also something, you know, you'd like to, to see a little bit more of and, or maybe featuring them a little bit more. Cause I think, the offense has given them opportunities, and it, Sam has not always hit on those opportunities. And again, that's in every offense. That's not just this offense with Sam. Like that happens frequently. Is the quarterbacks miss stuff? They're not on the same page with the receivers. It is a new offense. But um, but yeah. So I think like it hasn't gotten me off him yet. But I, I do think it shows you that he is a he's a work in progress. He's a developmental piece. And um, again, like I think he's got he's got it. But it's you're gonna have to deal with some growing pains with it. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say, uh, or one of the things that Jalen has on Sam is accuracy. He, he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in, in the country in college at both Alabama and at Oklahoma. And he carried that, you know, wasn't always going the right place, you know, whatever. But his, his accuracy has always been a huge boon for him. And Sam, that has been an issue at times. So I think the footwork, the accuracy are, are two of the biggest questions about how coming out of college those things are still question marks right now. He's still a young player. He's growing. Um, and we'll see based off how he performs in these final three games and what the next regime wants to do, whether that's enough to, to be the quarterback in 2024. Um, anything else on the offense we want to get to before we, we quickly buzz through the defense? No. I mean, unless there's other plays you want to go over, but I think that's good. Uh, no. I mean, we can, we can talk later in the week about the offensive line and some of that kind of stuff, um, but I think that was the... The most 30 minutes of quarterback talk is uh, exactly what the people ordered uh, here on, on the Film Review Pod. Take a Man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Logan Paulson there, Craig Hoffman here. All right, a few minutes quickly on the defense, Logan. It was better. Better is a relative term. What did you see watching the All-22, what they were able to do against the Rams? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously better is a relative term, but I do think it was better. I think guys just seem to be playing more confidently. They seem to know kind of where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to fit stuff, how they're supposed to pass stuff off. Obviously, you know, there's the exception with that, with the the Cooper Cup touchdown and even the touchdown to um, number 15 for LA. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, You get Percy kind of expecting a, a high cross, kind of, turns his hips bounces back it's the same it's actually the exact same play that 
Washington scored their touchdown on is that kind of mm. curl holding the outside corner to uh, a high pylon. So, but I think on a down to down basis, I think, you know, you watch a guy like Cody Barton and I know people want to hate on Cody Barton, but I think him being back in the lineup has been great. Like there's times where he's getting under deep dig throws off of play action forcing uh, Matthew Stafford to hold the football, forcing him to check the ball down. Like, great job by him. I think, you know, Quan is not a perfect player, but I loved in this game his physicality, like his physical approach. Like, you know, I was always concerned that he didn't have, like, the the kind of mindset to play that Buffalo nickel in the box kind of safety. And I think he emphatically said, like, I do, man. I'm going to take on an offensive lineman. I'm going to take on receivers cracking me. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to make tackles. I'm going to get – Messy. And again, like it's not perfect because he misfits some runs and did some stuff that was crazy. But I, I love to see that. I thought Kalik Hudson absolutely played like a maniac, you know, like he's running the football, he's being super bendy, making plays. So I, I thought there was stuff where you're like, man, like this is really good. There's times in the red zone. I think that was the other thing that stood out to me was where they've they've got the coverage lined up. There's no spot to go with the football. And unlike times earlier this season where you're like, man, there's like five or six places this guy could go with the ball for a touchdown. And that, that was, and there's five eligibles. How did that yeah. happen? And like, there's no, and that wasn't the case, you know, like it, playing good coverage in the red zone, getting pressures and sacks down there. I still think the, um, you know, it was nice to see kind of Allen and Payne come to life a little bit from a pass rush standpoint. And I think, I think that was great to see. Uh, again, you want more from them specifically, but that group in general, uh, just kind of creating more consistent pass rush and flushing guys yeah, out. And edge, again, not, not a lot of pressures from the edge. Yeah, and again, that's tough because in these game flow situations, you're looking for obvious rush situations. So I understand that it's not perfect, but also you got, you don't have Montez Sweat and Chase Young out there anymore. I thought Benjamin St. Juice did some good stuff, you know, from a coverage standpoint, man to man pressing guys. Again, the the coverage bust to Cooper Cup. It'd be interesting to see. You know, he, he, after the game, he commented and said that um, there's a couple yeah, ways they could have played yeah. that, but yeah, they didn't. So he said there's two ways we could have played it, and we played it differently so right. basically uh the two ways are benjamin st juice could have stayed back as the deep thirds player or cam curl could have carried which is exactly what we said on our post game yeah. pod maybe right. we do know what we're talking about sometimes <laughs> that cam curl as the the outside hook player could carry or the the flat player um in that that four underneath could carry that wheel up the sideline and uh neither happened so right yikes. so i think i think that's kind of how i feel about it and i think you know like for all of the stuff that people say about ron like the defense is playing better over the last two weeks. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. And I think it shows like the other thing they did, which I loved is, you know, we talk about how that, you know, like that, that wheel route that Jamin Davis gave up to Saquon Barkley for a touchdown. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. So instead of just letting Cleek Hudson match the back in a one-on-one -on -one situation, the defensive end chips the back on the way out. So that way Cam Curl can take away the seam and then it doesn't matter because Cleek's over the top. So just little things like that I thought were very it's nice. It's almost like I, you know, when we say like, hey, that's tough sledding for Jamin yes, Davis, they can right. help him out that we, again, <laughs> might know what we're talking about and that that perhaps it's not just Jamin Davis sucks because he can't run with Saquon Barkley. It's like, yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah, a lot um, of people can't do that. So, yeah, I don't know really who can, frankly, uh, Fred Warner. And that's the list. I mean, um, even, even Fred, even Fred, I'd tough, be like, that's Ooh, a tough one for Fred. Yeah, yeah I'd I'd. I'd if I got that matchup and I'm Tommy DeVito, hey, giving it a look, yeah. <laughs> giving it a look, giving, right? it, giving it a little look. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's all great. Um, and, and it's great in the context of this game. It's so maddening 
Cause you're just like, why didn't you make this change after the Chicago game? You know, yeah. it, it does, it does make you go back. And I, I understand that it would have been, and I think at the time we were like, man, like that's tough because it just is, they don't really have the staff to, to get this done. They don't have the infrastructure to support this kind of change. And at some point you just have to find it. Like you just have to be like, well, you know what? Screw it. We got to, think- or, or be like, Hey, Jack, we're doing it my way now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to, we're going to change this stuff up. Like Ron's been here the whole time. So I'm glad that they found this stuff and it's going to make for better, cleaner evaluations over the final four games, but it does kind of make you smack your head against a wall and go, well, could they have more wins if they had done some of this stuff yeah. sooner? It kind of, it kind of feels that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this offense is pretty good, you know? And I think that, uh, I think the one thing that was a little disappointing was the, the run stuff, the run defense, obviously for sure. And, and um, like, I think you also see how you can leverage a, a successful run game into easy completions. Cause Stafford yeah. did start the game nine for nine, 10 for 10, whatever it wound up being. Right. Um, so like they were able to get stuff, but it wasn't like he was killing you down the field. And if you want to bend, but don't break, like they showed how you do it. They really were able to put up stops in a game where their offense gave them zero support and, in fact, put them, offense and special teams, put them in terrible spots. And they, the fact that they were only down 13 nothing at half with how the offense and then the the bad snaps, um, and specifically the last bad snap that that nearly got Tress killed and put them on the, you know, in the red zone, like that's incredible job by the defense against this offense. Unfortunately, um, you know, that that was the reality of where they were but i think it, you know that that goes it starts with the kind of the bending that happens starts with yeah. the run game no i think that's exactly right and I, again like they're trying to play a coverage they're, they're 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 emphasizing coverage structure right so you're a little bit short in the run game but i do think like uh at least to my eye you know like cam curl percy butler quan to a certain extent like they were not ready for the blocking of puka nakua and uh, Cooper Cup, like they, you could tell at times they were surprised, and you can yeah. see how they were able to leverage those receivers to create good angles. And again, there's times where, like for example, they basically run like it's a really cool idea, and like we're gonna get a little nerdy here because we are talking about defense, Let's but like it. basically they're they're they counter motion Cooper Cup, and they use him like a fullback to run like weak lead. You know, like think about like ISO, but he's the ISO guy, and the reason it works is because he's ISOing on. A nickel player right so it's like our receiver can is a better blocker than your guy and quan absolutely chins this dude so good job quan but i thought like that's a really easy way to make sure you get good good angles with receivers and get lighter personnel on the field you know don't let big john ridgeway out there in cinco like let's make sure we're all and so i thought like in terms of offensive innovation in terms of run game we saw how miami did it and here we're seeing how LA is doing it with a very different kind of skill set and a very different quarterback situation. But again, innovative run stuff and how, again, it takes some of the pressure off the quarterback. And so um, outside, outside of the run game, I think everybody played really played, played physical football. You see John Ridgeway playing hard. Mathis, again, has a hard time getting reached in certain situations, which is super frustrating. But I think just the effort of like Khalid Hudson and some of these guys um, you know, uh, KJ Henry thought did some good stuff. Uh, again, there's times where he's getting bullied a little bit, but everybody had their moments in the game. So I don't know. I, I think it is, it is an interesting thought experiment though, to think if they had made some of these changes, you know, when Montez was here or when Chase was here, like yeah. how this would look defensively. Cause one of the things that I will say is like, I think the rush is okay, but imagine if those dudes were here in this more simplified defensive structure, like could the coverage in the back end elevate them and would that sack production have, have been what it needed to be because and the other thing too that i'm sorry i'm rambling a little bit here is like saint juiced is playing way more confident 
Like he's getting hands on guys. He's getting in throwing windows. Like they ran a zero pressure in the red zone on a third and 10. It's the one where uh, Payne got the penalty, but yeah. St. Juice is in perfect man position. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, where has this dude been? Like, we this is right. who we thought he was. And right. so again, I think it just shows you how important um how important coaching is and how important it is to speak to what your players do well and make them play confident football. So yeah. Um the one dude we're like literally, where is he? Any idea why Emmanuel Forbes only played six snaps? I don't that know. to me is a wacky bit. <clears throat> I don't know. I, maybe he was hurt and like Maybe, I mean, obviously he's coming off the injury. Ron said something about like the matchups or whatever. But to me, if you can rotate your left guards, you can rotate Emmanuel Forbes in this football game. Like where you are in the season, I just, that drove me insane. Yeah, I think, because uh, again, we're trying to get evaluations. So, yeah, you know. I know like, what Kendall Fuller is. I don't need yeah. to see, not that you're not a better football team with Kendall Fuller on the field. That's not what this is about. Um, I know what Kendall Fuller is. I don't need to see more Kendall Fuller. Like yeah, that's that that smells of something else is going on. You know, like they're not happy with how he's fitting runs. They're not happy with his. You yeah. know, there's some something's going and on there. Maybe yeah, maybe they were concerned about him in that with the Rams receivers blocking him, and they just didn't like the matchup, and they felt they owed it to everyone to go out and try to win the game, and this was the best way to win the game. But I want to know, like, I, go surprise me. Like yeah. that, you're the first round pick and you're four and nine now four and 10. Um, but what can you do? All right. Uh, we will preview the, uh, game with the jets coming up later this week on the podcast. We are also scheduled to catch up with the, I think, uh, William, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. I can see your, uh, your preview off screen here. Reception perception. We got him. Yeah, uh, the Reception Perception podcast, which focuses on wide receivers, um, and they try to isolate wide receiver play from quarterback play. So, like, what kind of year is Jahan Dotson actually having? Uh, what kind of year is Terry McLaurin actually having? Uh, we're going to catch up with those guys later this week as well. So that'll be really, really cool. Another one of our great Odyssey podcasts uh, here in the family. Uh, until then, I'll see you all on the radio. Uh, so you can catch me there weekdays, 4 to 7 on the Team 980. Of course, make sure you check out everything Logan's doing. Logan underscore Paulson82 on Instagram, the Commander's YouTube channel, all of that stuff. And uh, wherever you're watching or listening right now, if you have not subscribed yet, now would be a good time. Just go ahead and, and click the button, follow uh, on, on Spotify, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, whatever you do on Amazon Music. Um, and of course, subscribe and like this video on YouTube. Uh, for Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you later in the week on Take Command.